Today, I am going to interview Anne-Marie Cross. She is the host of the Ambitious Entrepreneur podcast, and she is going to share surprising hacks on how to launch and grow your podcast, as well as monetize it. She, sh- she tells you the exact thing that you should not do to monetize your podcast because it will kill your listenership and kill your revenue growth. And she shares where you should start if you're starting from day one. What are the three things to focus on to get launched, grow, and start making revenue as quickly as possible? Enjoy the show. You're going to have a blast. My name is Dan Harvey. I am part of a grassroots movement of coaches, teachers, and entrepreneurs who are making a living from sharing their passion. We are passion fighters. We're regular people who made a decision. We said no to the nine to five, no to being tied to one location, and no to unsociable hours. What we love is what we get paid for. So if you are tired of fake gurus promising you a no-work, massive-profit solution, then stick with us to get actionable, relevant, and proven principles on how to grow a sustainable business. The Passion to Profession show shares the stories of the people behind the Passion Fighter movement, and this is your invitation. If you have a drive to succeed, a willingness to learn, and a skill to share with the world, then you are a passion fighter now. Don't miss out. Hit the subscribe button and enjoy the show. So, Marie, thank you again so much for joining us. Can you start with why do you think podcasting is so powerful? Podcasting is so powerful because of the way that you are able to communicate and engage with people, even though it may seem like a one-way communication where you may be speaking or interviewing guests such as what we're doing today. But one of the things that I found over the last nearly 13 years in podcasting, um, in comparison to say writing blogs, uh, doing videos, those kind of things, there's a level of connection that I've gotten feedback from my audience and some of them turned into clients that I've not seen in any other medium. It's almost as if they are there when you are communicating, whether it's, you know, you on a solo show or you as a a guest, the way I think you communicate, obviously that's going to really make a difference and how you engage and, and the experience you create in your podcast, but it's a deeper connection. And I think that's because someone has purposefully and intentionally invited you into their world. They're listening and for many subscribe to your podcast because they want to access the content. And I always say, you know, people will come for the topic, but they'll return for the host. So if you capture the right message experience on your podcast that you know is going to resonate with your potential ideal client, uh, they are really going to resonate and they are going to want to hang out with you. And uh, that's a real specialness of, if there's that word, specialness, of that medium that I've not yet seen across any other way of yeah yeah 100% agree you know 13 years in podcasting a lot of people will be listening or watching this and thinking well it's easy for you Anne-Marie you know you started when it you know before the big rush and now you know especially with the pandemic so many new podcasts have uh, podcasts have launched um do you think that it's still possible to grow a successful podcast in 2021 and beyond yeah 
Absolutely. If you think about the number of podcasts that have entered the space in comparison to say how many people are vlogging and are on YouTube or writing articles, having their own own blog posts, but it's like anything, isn't it? I think if you are starting out in business and you're wanting to create a podcast as a way to communicate your brand, build that platform where you own and you can bring the guests on and, and be the host of the party, so to speak. If you go highly niched and you know exactly what your ideal customer or stakeholders, shareholders are interested in and you provide that platform, you build that platform with that content and get that highly niched message, you can just go to the top of the charts because of the fact that it's so niche. And where there will be issues, I think, is if someone starts a podcast and they really haven't determined how are we leveraging this? What is the purpose and intention? And if they just think, let's just grab some microphones, we'll just start a conversation. Unless, of course, that's the purpose of the podcast and that's okay. But if you're using it as a way to build brand, build your reach with your ideal customers, that ultimately you want to continue to build, you know, no like and trust, nurture those listeners into leads and through that buyer's journey, I think a highly niche podcast is wonderful, which means you don't necessarily need to have millions of downloads to be successful. If you're integrating it well and you've got a highly engaged audience who love the content and who really can see a benefit in hiring or using your services, or if you've got an app, they go, oh, I can't wait to, to get access to that. A highly niche podcast is part of that communication strategy works really well. Awesome. How do you go about choosing that niche? Do you have any tips and tricks on that? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you really want to do is consider that your podcast is an extension of the things you're already doing in your business. So I would assume that if you're in a business, you are already thinking, who are we here to serve? What are the challenges and issues? What is the content that our community, our ideal clients are consuming and at scale? What do they want to know? And if you look at your podcast as a way that you can deliver that content or build relationships with with a community, maybe a circle of influence who've got your ideal clients, that will enable you to really hone down on your niche. For instance, you know, you might be a fitness coach, but if you highly niche and say, well, I want to work with women, you can niche that down even further. I want, we want to work with women who are younger, you know, than say the mature age women. You can niche down even further. We specialize in helping women who've just had babies and they want to go back and be, um, you know, at that pre-baby weight stage. There's a whole lot of different topics. There's a whole lot of different guests that you might bring onto your, your show, but there's a different interest and different issues and challenges that you could really niche and hone in on. So it's looking at, you know, where do we want to position ourselves as a thought leader, as the trusted authority or a trusted authority in this particular industry, and then niche down and ensure that your podcast, the message even right down to the topic, you know, the the um, name of your show can make or break the show. So once you niche your business, then the podcast just adds value and brings that message out into the world through the audio space, of course. Yeah, I love that. So how do you monetize? Like uh, your, your podcast is fantastic, The Ambitious Entrepreneur. You kindly had me as a guest on your show and... and um, First of all, by the way, I love how you host that show. It's it's so well done. You clearly have got a lot of experience because you take it through a very specific structure that gets the best out of the guests and just creates great content. Um, I noticed you have a, a sponsor on the podcast. 
And I'm wondering, like, for our listeners who are thinking about creating a podcast or maybe growing their existing podcast, what are the best ways to actually monetize? Yeah, great, great question. One of the things that I speak into is what I've had experience in. So there's kind of five different ways that I have monetized. And remember, it's about relationship building. Now, I have had external sponsors that have worked really well, but I also have internal sponsors. So what's an internal sponsor? Well, an internal sponsor is one of your programs or one of your products, or maybe you've got a specific area in your business that you you could uh, have as a sponsor to the show because it's relevant to, to the audience and is going to add real value to that. So a lot of my clients are service-based businesses. So they are experts in their field. They're positioned to become a trusted authority because of their wealth and depth of, of knowledge and experience. They just need support in how do we hone that message to really cut through that noise. And so ultimately at the end of the day, if I was to say to them, well, what is the best case scenario if you could launch a podcast and through that relationship building, A happens, what would A be? And they would say to me, well, obviously to generate clients for our programs, our services. So in that instance, I would recommend that they look at monetizing their own message before you look at external uh, sponsors. Because once you look at external sponsors, the entire podcast is, it's a really, it's a different beast, if you will, because the, the external sponsors are looking for you know, how many downloads do you get? What sort of listenership do you have? I mean, ultimately, if you are comparing a podcast and often sponsors do, although I do believe they're changing. So that's a good thing. Sponsors will often compare a podcast to mainstream radio, say, and that a lot has to do with numbers, not necessarily highly niched. But I'm hoping that sponsors now are starting to recognize that you can have less downloads, less subscribers, but because it's so highly niched and because the host has such a deeper connection and relationship with his or her audience, that if he or she says, you know, this particular sponsor, and you have to do this with complete authenticity, you cannot take that whole, you know, where uh, on radio you'll have the speaking, you know, the host will speak um, um, and add, we can see right through that. So unless you've used the product or you know and you would stand by at 110%, don't take on an external sponsor. But, you know, someone can listen to that and will go and buy a book or go and buy a product. I don't know how many books that I have, eBooks on my Kindle, because a host has said, you got to get this book. So I'm off to Kindle grabbing that book because of the know, like, and trust that I have built with that host. And immediately that, that know, like, and trust gets passed on uh, to whomever the host is, is recommending. So it depends, you know, are you looking to build a podcast more as a celebrity? And what I mean by that is there's no real expertise that you're wanting to sell but rather you know that you've got a really unique personality and, and you can build quite um, an extensive following around your personal brand. And because of the kind of people that you attract, you can sell sponsorship ads and, and things like that. But if you want to become known as a trusted authority, I would say, you know, build brand equity rather than the, the numbers, the, the vanity numbers kind of thing. And when you do that well, people will automatically for those people who are ready to make a purchase decision or they're interested, they will follow you off the podcast and into whatever you recommend. And often that 
connection between getting them off the podcast and onto your list, into your community closer to you will often be a call to action such as, look, if you've liked this, you want to dive deeper into A, B and C, create a resource for you. It's free. Enjoy it as part of my gift to you. And then, of course, they're in your funnel and you can continue to nurture that relationship. So there's a lot of different ways, but I would say monetize your own message before you monetize someone else's because, um, and, and then, then have internal sponsors who will then obviously get a little bit of brand awareness through if you're opening the show, closing the show with uh, that particular brand. Yeah. brand message. Does that help? It absolutely helps. You know, we, we talk a lot about like this idea of a hundred true fans where uh, if you have a hundred people who pay you a thousand dollars a year, so about $80 a month per person, that's a hundred grand a year income for you. So you only actually need like a hundred customers, hundred clients uh, to earn a really substantial uh, recurring income. And, uh, and, and it goes, it plays right into what you've just said about, you know, create something very, very niche, monetize your own message. And you don't need millions of listeners because the relationship you create with each and every one of those listeners becomes very deep. And actually you can get a very significant conversion rate from, you know, uh, uh, regular listener through to some sort of mid price product, like, you know, an $80 a month or a thousand dollar a year uh, product. So yeah, I 100% agree. I've seen people do it many, many times and you don't have to be a big celebrity to make that happen. That's right. And you know what I love about that too, is that when you look at the customer journey and, you know, often if you, we break it down into three key components, you know, there's awareness building stage, the decision stage when people is deciding, you know, on their purchase. And then of course there's the, a bigger part and consideration stage and then decision stage. When you find uh, that you're building this highly niched audience of people who continue to listen to your podcast and you know that you're doing that well, you've got an opportunity to share a little bit more behind the scenes, bring in some of that, the, the personal, because people are interested. They love what you're doing, but they're also interested in all the other things that you're doing. And I think that's where real relationships are built. Whereas if you compare it to someone who is going for the numbers, they're doing more of a cold audience, then you have not won or gotten the permission from someone to share a lot of personal background because we don't want the blah, 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 what you did on the weekend. Weekend. But if we already know, like, and trust you, and, and we, we like your brand, and we may have already be engaging and purchasing product services or memberships, we want to know all of that stuff because we're curious. So that's when you have a look at that customer journey and say, where am I going to be using this podcast as a way to really nurture that relationship? Is it brand new people who may not know me already? Then I've got to spend a bit more adding value because you've got to add value before you give them, um, you know, or ask to give them more of your time. And uh, that's something that I think many people need to consider too, if they really want to leverage that podcast across the, the buyer's journey. Absolutely. You've been doing this a long time and you must have tried so many different things to grow your podcast. And, and I know one thing, for example, is that you stream your podcast live into your Facebook community, um, but I'm sure you've done many other things as well. What has been the initiative that you've done that that's had the most surprising effect on the growth of the podcast or the engagement of the listeners um, that maybe, you know, our listeners can, can take and try for themselves. Yes. You know, it's, it's the times when I have shared something and I've thought to myself, should I share this or not? And it's a bit of that vulnerability. And I noticed that even in my live streams as well, 
People really love that. And I've now got partnerships with people who I've shared something vulnerable and I've actually, you know, like holding back the tears when I shared this, this, you know, heartfelt story or something that happened to me. I thought, should I take that off? And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to share it because someone may need to hear that message. And it's in those instances. And by the way, this kind of thing you can't, preempt it's kind of like when you want to capture we want to capture this message that's going to go viral yeah. i mean you do that once and often you'll try and backtrack and you think you know, what are the components that enabled this video or this podcast to just soar you try and recapture that but i think sometimes it's in that spontaneity spontaneity you know spontaneous vulnerability if there's such a, a term that when people can really sense this authentic sharing and if they can relate to that or you know they're people who have a, a a level of empathy and compassion towards that, that goes such a long way. And I've had people reach out. I've even had people that have said to me, oh, my goodness, when I listened to that story, they were on a treadmill and they had to stop and go running to the toilet because I just burst out into tears. A lot of my audience are women. So they resonate with that story. So for me, the greatest surprise was that people were really connected with that. Now, I do that every so often. I don't do that intentionally in every show. But when the show and the topic that I'm talking about, um, we can do that because the topic and the stories I know lends itself to be able to go a little bit deeper, show a little bit of that um, vulnerability, but in a very, you know, authentic and spontaneous way. Does that make sense? 100 percent uh there's a fantastic book maybe you're also aware of it uh, daring greatly by brene brown um which is which is all about vulnerability and um and i i she, so brene brown is a shame researcher she she also has, has ted talks um a couple of them that you can you can check out online and and so i agree that that uh, it must be spontaneous and it can't be calculated and that sort of thing this book for me really gave me uh, a good mindset about, about like how to think about vulnerability and and how to think about you know um, what to sh- like what types of things to share and and with who and what impact that can have on you and others and your relationships and um, it, it was it was a pretty transformational book for me because my my natural. Um, worldview is actually is actually to to sort of keep myself relatively safe so i wouldn't naturally um you know share something vulnerable it's not like in my dna if you like so reading that and like leaving my comfort zone um was yeah had a huge impact on me uh, so yeah i highly recommend that yeah something else around that too and it's a balance isn't it it's being able to recognize and this is because this is often the question i'm asked okay so we know vulnerability and i i, I love the, the work that brene brown does in that space one of the things that i'm often asked is well how do i know how vulnerable to be and what i should share because in some instances what we're sharing should be written in a journal for our eyes only right. our ears only not necessarily out in the open but i'll always say look if it's it's something that I've learned through, I've struggled through, and I've come out the other end. And there's some insights that I can share that I know is going to add value to someone who may be maybe at the beginning or halfway through and just about ready to give up. That if I 
seed this hope and possibility that, hey, I was there. This is what I did. Try this. That that is going to have someone, that's it. I'm going to continue on. And so if it's something that can add value, can create insight, can empower someone rather than, um, oh, here we go again. She's carrying on about something. Then I know it's worthy of a share because it's going to be valuable and someone's going to be empowered and inspired by it. And I kind of use that as my measure and guide as to should I share this or maybe I should just keep that for my journal and wait till I grow through it. And then I'm going to, um, you know, divulge some of the ways that, that that's really helped me because it can help my audience too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I think it's a very good way of, of defining that. Um, I have, let's, let's end with this because I imagine that there's people watching or listening right now who are thinking like, this sounds amazing. I'd love to start my, uh, start a podcast or, or maybe grow my podcast, but you know, Anne-Marie, you're, you're a superwoman. You've been doing this a long time. And, and, and of course you can do all these things. If there's someone who's like really, you know, thinking like, I want to take action, but what, what are like the first, you know, one, two, three things I could actually do, um, for like a beginner, what would you recommend as like the first small step someone can take to like dip their toe in this world and start making progress? Yeah. And it's probably not the response that you're thinking, but this is really, I've found that, you know, often the lack of confidence is because someone doesn't have total clarity around what it is that they're trying to achieve. So if you're looking at starting a podcast and it really is to build that brand, build that reach, build, you know, reputation. And ultimately from that, that you're doing consistently and really well, you will get clients from that. Some will just listen and off they go. Others will need nurturing because we're all different in our buying styles and our, you know, and, and the amount of time that we need to build that know, like, and trust. But here's a couple of things to focus on first. And I think it's going to give you the clarity. And once you've got clarity, that confidence that I say is unbreakable and unshakable because you know, it's you and you know that you're on the right track. And that is really what is the goal and objective of your business. And, you know, if you, if you can, in a sentence say, this is what we're looking to achieve for our business. And then the message that supports that you're sharing already out in the community, whether it be online, offline networking events, and that message you're sharing is already generating interest and generating you clients, then you're ready to put a robust podcast strategy on top of that. The indicator that I'll often say that people, you may not yet be ready is when their message isn't already working. And one of the reasons they want to start a podcast is because nothing that they're doing is really working. And so they're hoping that that's going to amplify their message. It will amplify your message. But if the message isn't already working, guess what? It's just going to amplify that non-working message to many more people. So again, you could be confusing more people. So focus on that message, getting real clarity. You also, and I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've heard the saying before, um, start with the end in mind. And that is also around the monetization. So if you've got a specific area or a product or a program that you really want to build as a sub-brand around the podcast so that you can, I call this seeding and leading. What do I mean by that? You can share principles, not from a salesy point of view, but from a real helpful point of view. If you share insights and principles about why you're doing things, why you're, or how you're challenging the status quo, 
innovations and all that within your products and services, people will automatically want to know more. And if you've been able to solve a problem through sharing an insight that they think, I've never thought of it that way, I love what this person's doing, want to find out more, that naturally will generate leads and inquiries for you. But once you understand that, then that's where you really can hone that message of that podcast. And it really is looking at what are we sharing in a way that is quite unique and different. I call that having a distinguishable, uncopyable and irresistible message. The uncopyable aspect of it is weaving in your personal story around the brand message. No one can copy that. You may be working in a specific space, but some of them, I call these milestones and markers. The milestones are the successes that you've had. The markers are those significant events, those significant challenges that as an individual or together in a company, you've been able to address and come up with new solutions on how you're going to handle that problem because you probably are now through the product or service that you're providing, you're handling the problem for the clients that are going to invest in you because they don't need to work, walk all through and work, work it all out themselves. Now, if you can weave that story in amongst your message of insights and expertise, no one can copy that because they haven't had your journey, whether you've brought information from other experiences, different industries, it all adds value to who you are now and what you are giving and, and really bringing to the marketplace as a value add, as a solution for their issues. And then that is often what really builds that inner confidence because no one's walked your journey. You're clear about that. No one can say to you, hey, Daniel, you never did this. You never did that. You did because you've walked the journey and you've done that. And I instantly see this level of yeah, courage and, and, you know, a confidence when you share their message. And that's going to come out in how you introduce your podcast, the topics you share, the guests that you interact with as well. It's a level of inner confidence that you really only can get um, when you're confident and you've got clarity around yourself, around it yourself. So message, the monetization, how you're going to monetize that is so important. And that will give you a real solid grounding for when you start to develop those topics that add value to obviously where you want to position yourself as that, that trusted authority. And Marie, that is fantastic. That's absolute gold. I'm, I'm here taking notes. And, and I think you guys listening and watching should be as well. I, I can say that I've seen firsthand, you know, people trying like many different things to get the same message to work. And when it's not working, trying more things. And I 100% agree um, that, that like you want to prove your message in one format and then roll it out to others. It's not the format that will solve the message. The message um, can be rolled out once it's once it's resonating with people. I 100% agree with that. Starting with the end in mind as well. Um, I, I recently spoke to a podcast host who is incredibly successful um, with his podcast, but <laughs> this is a big but. The topic of his podcast is not what he sells, so he really struggles to convert those like hundreds of thousands of listeners into revenue. And, and so super, super important. Then of course, as you said, sharing your story, um, which again ties to vulnerability to create that unique um, lens uh, through which you see that, that niche, because many people can have the same experience or the same information, but how you share it, the stories you wrap around it, the vulnerability you show, the relationship you create is what makes your podcast completely unique uh, within any niche. It's um, it's fantastic. Amory, your your experience is shining through and it's helping us all so much. Thank you very much. Um, where can we where can we learn more? Where can we follow you? 
So the best place, and by the way, I dive into what we've just spoken about far deeper. I have uh, what I call bi-monthly masterclasses. They're free to attend and it gives people real solid understanding and being able to get clear. What do I need to work on first? What are the gaps that I need to fill so that I know when I launch, I've got all of the right pillars in place and it'll really start to generate ROI from the very first episodes. The best place to go is podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash masterclass. And then uh, once you get there, there's a page where you can register and you'll be informed when the next one's up coming up. And that's a really good place to start for people who are considering a podcast or maybe they've got a podcast and have got some really great uh, runs on the board, but now it's looking at, oh, we need to monetize this. What's the best way to do that because we don't want to, and I've heard this happen uh, so many times and it really saddens me when people have got to walk away from their podcast because they realise my market that on the podcast is this, but to get to where my audience or my ideal client is, there's such a disconnect that it becomes almost like advertising and you don't want to do that, do you, to your to your audience? Because there's some strategies that uh, we can certainly recommend for you. But come to that masterclass and uh, hopefully you can take some more. Bring pads, bring notebooks and paid pens with you because uh, I go fast and hard in, in this uh-huh. masterclass uh, that people can take away further awesome. inside. Wow, cool. So that's podcastingwithpurpose.com slash masterclass, correct? That's correct. Beautiful. Anne-Marie, thank you so much. Thanks everyone for watching and listening and we'll see you again next time. Lovely. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Good. Thank you so much. All the best. Have a wonderful, what are we, Tuesday? Yeah, it is Tuesday, Tuesday. isn't it? Yeah, have a good evening. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our mission is to grow this movement to over 30,000 people as quickly as possible. You can support us by leaving a review, hitting subscribe, and staying passionate.